What's going on everybody and welcome to the first ever Football Friday special. Um, the reason that this is a special episode is because we're not actually covering any previews or um, coverage of a previous game week, but we are actually going to be talking about the January transfer window. Um, the reason that the, uh, the January transfer window is quite a difficult window to do deals in is because it is um, a seller's market and, and that kind of means that um, nine times out of ten that the the club that are actually selling a player to a buyer are in control of the deal but we all know how how covid has affected things and uh, how different the market is now you know uh, what maybe a 50 million pound player would would have been last year they might go for for kind of 25 to 30 so it's it's been a very interesting year and obviously transfers are affected by it um, in today's special episode, I'm actually going to go through all 20 Premier League teams and I have selected a January signing that I believe will improve them. Um, so whether that be take them into the top four, push them onto the, the title or, or even scrape them out of relegation, I've, I've selected these um, carefully um, for each of the Premier League teams. I'll give you the reasons why, the prices and the likelihood of the transfer happening. Um and then obviously you can you can um, make up your own mind as to how, as to how accurate um, the deal the deal is or or how my how my opinion is. So um, of course remember to hit the the follow button. Um, this is this took like a little bit of research, although I will be kind of ta- talking off the top of my head for a few of these deals. Um, but for the most part, I, I have I believe I have a good a good argument for for each of the deals. Um, so let's let's just head straight into it. Um, the first team, obviously, we're going in alphabetical order. So I have Arsenal first, and the signing I've selected for them is Husum Awar from Lyon. Um, we all know that Arsenal were very interested in Awar in the summer transfer window. Um, when it came down to it, towards the end, um, they hadn't signed any midfielder, and it really did appear as if it was a toss-up between Husum Awar of Lyon and Thomas Partey of Atletico Madrid. And we all know we all know how um, how that ended up. They did opt they did opt for um, Thomas Partey uh, mainly because Arteta's one of his first jobs when he came into Arsenal was to shore up the defense, and and it did make sense to go for Partey over Awar at the time. But as the seasons progressed, you can clearly see um, the struggles uh, in creativity that Arsenal have had. You know they they've been struggling for goals. I know um, they've they've actually won won their last three games. But um, apart from that, you know, they've, they've really struggled to get goals. Aubameyang has had very little service. Um, Pepe struggling, Lacazette struggling. So um, the signing of Hussam Moir um, would, would definitely benefit Arsenal because of the creative aspect and the fact that I think Arsenal struggle with moving the ball from defence to attack. You know, you've got guys like Xhaka and El Nenny who are all well and good kind of covering the defence out of possession. But I think in possession... Um, they can be a bit slow, a bit sluggish to try and release the attackers because you've got guys like Aubameyang, Pepe, Saka who are all very quick players. Um, they play on the shoulder of the defenders and I think that with Awar and the team, once he receives the ball, he'll look for the killer pass through the, through the defence and I think it's just an element to, to Arsenal's game that they're really missing. Um, one issue that, that could possibly um, impact this deal is money. Um we all know kind of how much Leon were asking for in in the summer. Uh, if you don't know, it was around 40, uh, 40 million pounds. But obviously now we're in January. Um, 
Uh, and also the fact that Arsenal do have a few contracts expiring. You know, they've recently gotten rid of Kalazanak on loan. Um, they're paying half of his wages and Schalke are paying the other half. So that's that's one guy at the door. But then you've got other players like um, Ozil, Mustafi. Um, their contracts are all up at the end of the season. Um, so there is money becoming available. But the question mark is, will Arsenal uh, buy him now or wait till the summer? I think... Because of the position they're in in the league, I don't believe they're under huge pressure to buy him now. Um, I think he'll definitely uh, propel Arsenal's season if he does come in. But even if he does, I, I, they're they're not going to get in the Champions League spots. Europa League would be would be a huge, a huge job um, to do even still because of the the upward hill they'd have to climb. But I do think if they were to cash in on um, sorry buy Awar, then I think he would be available but for between 30 and 35 million i think i think leon would definitely take that because of the fact that we've we've heard reports that in the french league um there there is a big money issue because of the fact that their league ended early they missed out um on a lot of money and a lot of the french clubs are looking to cash in on on some of their big players so Hussam Awar, we'll have to wait and see how that materializes um i personally think it'll happen in the summer and not january but um We've seen recently that Edu has come out and backed Arteta, saying he's the man. So if he's backing Arteta, then you'd think that maybe he is going to buy somebody in January, but um, we'll simply have to wait and see. Um, moving on to Aston Villa, the the player I've selected for them is Milot Rashica. Now, if you don't know who he is, he's a Kosovo, Kosovo international playing for Werder Bremen, and he's also a winger. Um, in the summer, again, it was another toss-up similar to the Partey and Awar deal where it was between him and Bertrand Traore and obviously they did opt for Bertrand Traore but it is believed that Villa could go back in for him. Um, now, in the summer, towards the end of the, the transfer window, Aston Villa did trigger the 20 million release clause in Rashica's uh, contract um, but the move failed to materialise for some reason. Um, the Werder Bremen manager has come out... Um, recently and said he would rule out any of the players leaving in January but obviously the release clause is still there so there's nothing that um, Werder Bremen can do if Villa do decide to activate that release clause it seems to be the personal terms that were an issue in this in the summer window um so if they can if they can hop hop over that hurdle and get the per personal terms done obviously the fee isn't an issue um when you look at Aston Villa this season they they've been very good going forward but I feel that they're kind of missing they're they're very reliant on Jack Grealish um to provide the the assists um when you look at guys like Ross Barkley he's been out injured for a while um Bertrand Traore he, he's not been doing much he did score a goal there against Manchester United at the weekend but um apart from that uh, I think they need a bit more kind of balance um on the wings you've got Grealish on the left and I think Rashika can do a very good job um, on the right-hand side for Villa. So Ollie Watkins will have a lot more service if he's if he's got um, a, you know uh, balls coming in from both wings uh, rather than Grealish having to come over to the come from the left to the right. Um, so I think that that would definitely benefit Villa a lot. Um, they're looking in a very strong position in terms of the league so far. Um, they've got uh, one or two games in hand, I believe. Um, so they, they are an outside shout for a European place. Um, I don't think it'll be a, a Champions League place, but definitely Europa League, they could definitely um, make it into the top six. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how Villa's season pans, pans out. Um, it looks like they may lose Jack Grealish in the summer. So 
if they do buy him in January, are they, are they, are they thinking ahead, um, kind of preparing for Grealish to go, or or will this be Dean Smith um, aiming to boost his squad and kind of push them on to, to bigger things? So we will have to wait and see on that one, but um, that's definitely one to look out for Milot Rashika of uh, Werder Bremen, um, and we'll see what, what happens with that. Um, moving on to, to Brighton, I've, I've chosen Odson Eduard um, to be the signing that they could get in January to, to really um, propel them on to, I suppose they are in a relegation fight, um, Brighton, but um, the reason I've, I've chosen Eduard is, is that Brighton are really struggling for goals this season. Um, Chris Sutton recently said that he thinks he's worth around £40 million. Um, I personally believe that's a little bit too much. I think you could get him for around £30 million. Um, he's a very young player, actually, uh, Edward. Um, he's he's got seven goals and two assists in fourteen games so far this season, and last season he hit twenty two goals in twenty seven matches. So that proves that he is a he's definitely a clinical goal scorer. Um, there's all there's always question marks about the jump from the the Scottish league to the English Premier League, um, but we've seen we've seen guys be successful like Virgil Van Dijk who came came over from from Celtic to Southampton. Um, We've seen um, Naismith, who who came from from Rangers, you know, um, did really well at Everton there for a few seasons. So uh, there there is definitely um, a track record of, of transfers that have worked out as well as ones that haven't. But with with Edward's age, I, I think the the deal makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Um, Brighton they've been they've been struggling for goals a lot this year because of the fact that you know they've got Danny Welbeck, but. Obviously, we all know the injury concerns with him. Um, Aaron Connolly, who who's still quite young, um, Trossard, yeah, predominantly out in the wing. Trossard is playing, so they they don't really have a kind of established out and out number nine. I suppose you could say Neil Mope, but uh, again, you can't really be be pinning your hopes on him. I think if he were to share the load with with Edward, um, that would that would definitely bring Brighton a lot more success. So. I think a striker, especially for Brighton, is hugely important if they do want to to um, uh, secure their place in the Premier League for next season. You know, if not, if they don't go into the transfer market, then we could see a very um, nervy, nervy ending to the season for Brighton. But um, Alton Edouard is definitely one to look out for if he doesn't go to Brighton uh, or even to the Premier League. You could, you could definitely see him leaving Celtic at some point um, in the near future. Moving on to... Um, Burnley, the the player I've chosen to to kind of take Burnley to the next level is Damari Gray of Leicester. Now he is out of contract this summer. Um, that was one of the factors that I went for because um, we all know that out of contract players are are um you're able to get them for usually a very cheap price. And and Damari Gray, who who's 24 years old, you know he's Premier League proven. We've seen him supply a lot of um a good balls into the box for Vardy. And uh, he, he's just been very consistent um, in the Premier League. Um, recently, he's kind of fallen out of favour in Brendan Rodgers' side because of um, Harvey Barnes's very good form. Um, and I think if Burnley want to kind of take themselves to the next level, they're going to need a guy like Gray who can kind of provide the assists into Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, who, who desperately need more supply this season. You know, um, we all know the way Burnley play. Long ball up to Barnes and Wood um, and just, just try and pin teams in um, use their physicality and and I think a bit more creativity a, a better quality ball into the box and Burnley will find a lot more joy um, at the moment uh, they're they're pinning a lot of their kind of hopes on a young Dwight McNeil but I think with with McNeil on the left and Gray on the right um, Burnley will cause a lot more problems 
Um, with the contract situation with Damari Gray, I think he's available for between about five and ten million. So if Burnley can can get that deal done, that would definitely um, improve their season, and and there's no doubt that uh, they would definitely get more goals. Um, whether that would be enough to stay in the Premier League or not is is a different question. But you have to say that with um, Wooden Barnes, they're 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 the kind of strikers that they don't create a lot of chances for themselves. They're relying on kind of rebounds, corners, balls into the box. The more quality you can have on the wings, especially, um, the the greater the the greater the chance that Burnley will will score more goals. So I, I think it's very important that Burnley get a winger. If it's not Gray, then then definitely somebody that's that's proven themselves to to deliver. Um, so I think Gray would definitely suit Burnley well. Moving on to Chelsea, um. I've gone with Isco. Now, this is kind of uh, a bit of a different shout, I suppose. Um, he's out of favour at Real Madrid this season, but I was looking at past interviews, and when he was asked about which stadium he'd like to play at, he, he replied Stamford Bridge straight away. Um, I think what's interesting about this Isco deal is I think a loan-to-buy deal is, is definitely on the cards um, because of the fact that he is out of favour with... Um, with Real Madrid, but also the fact that a loan to buy will definitely benefit um, the buying club, in this case Chelsea, because of the fact that, um, well, I suppose you could structure it in that if it's a loan with an option to buy, so that way it's very low risk. If it doesn't work out, you simply send them back to Real Madrid. If you're looking for a loan with an option to buy, then um, obviously you're obligated to buy the player. Um, sorry, no, loan with obligation to buy, sort of. Um, yeah, so with an obligation, obviously, you will have to buy the player. But, you know, Isco's Champions League proven there is a question mark over his age. Is he past his prime? But when you look at um, Chelsea's midfield, you know, they've they've not been the best. You know, you look at Mason Mount, he's having an okay season. Kovacic kind of in and out of the team. I think Frank Lampard at the moment is, is struggling to find his best midfield, especially um, the question marks around Kai Havertz. What's his best position? Does he belong? in the front three or the midfield three, you know what I mean? I think Isco would just settle things down. I think if you play him beside Jorginho and then you could you could maybe put um, somebody like a Mount or a Kovacic in there as well, um, or even Kante, that would definitely sure up the midfield a lot better and I think it would protect the defence, which, which have proven to be very vulnerable this season. You know, you look at Thiago Silva, doesn't seem to be the, the player he was um, at PSG, Last season, um, Zuma, I know question marks over him. Azpilicueta plays sometimes. Reese James plays sometimes. I think we've seen it with Manchester United where you've got Maguire and Lindelof who aren't... Ollie knows that he, he has to improve upon the defence at some point, but he's had to address other areas. And I think we're in a similar situation here um, where, where Manchester United are kind of putting in Fred and McTominay to protect the two centre-backs, I think Chelsea need a bit more protection. They're kind of a bit too um, too open and easy to get past. You know, if, you, if you've if you watched the the Manchester City game, you could see how easy it was for City to go from defence to attack as if the, the Chelsea midfield wasn't there. So I think Isco does provide a bit more balance, a bit more calmness on the ball. And um, I think that would definitely improve Chelsea's season. You know, it's, it's looking more and more difficult that they will get a Champions League place. But you know... Um, the season's the season's very unpredictable and and it's difficult to call what what could happen. But um, 
if I was a Chelsea a Chelsea owner or if I was on the board, I would definitely look at a loan with an option. That way, um, you're you're it's a safe deal. If it doesn't work out, send him back. If it does, then then you've got a good player in your hands. Um, so that's what 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 I do if I was if I was Chelsea. Moving on to Crystal Palace, um, I've gone for Ismail Assar of Watford. Um, Watford now in the Championship after being relegated last season. Um, Watford did actually reject the £25 million bid during the summer for Ismail Assar. Um, they said they wanted £45 million, but I think in January, and the fact that Watford now are now in the Championship, I think around £35 million will get the deal done. Um, Saar is a very young player. You know, He, he was definitely one of the shining lights for, for Watford last season. You look at that um, Liverpool game, for example. Um, yeah, he he was the real difference, and and he's proven himself that he can do it in the Premier League. I think it's just about consistency for for Sar. Um, I you know at twenty twenty two years old as well, he's got a lot of improvement in him. Um, Watford did pay a lot of money for him, I believe. Um, I think he came from the French league, so you know they're gonna try and make a profit on him, and I, I think he he does he does warrant his kind of 30 million pound fee because of the fact that he's shown himself to be a really really good player i think if you're a crystal palace kind of owner you're kind of looking forward to the the zaha situation he um zaha did hand in a transfer request during the summer hodgson confirmed that but um again the price of zaha is really what put uh, a lot of clubs off so it will be interesting to see you know if the sar deal does go through is it a a Zaha replacement is it kind of looking forward to the future where if he does go you've got you've got Sar in there to replace him um so yeah I think this deal does depend on Zaha if if he is to go or if it looks like he's gonna go um as well as that I think Palace are, are heavily reliant on him so I think bring a bit more balance to the team with Sar in there on 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 the other wing um You've got guys like Benteke who are actually scoring this season, surprisingly. Um, you know, I, I personally thought Benteke could have been finished, but uh, he has come in with the goals. And I think if you're adding Saran to the equation, then that that definitely um, results in even more goals for Palace and ultimately goals when you games. And that's what keeps you in the Premier League. So um, Ismail Asar, definitely one to look out for. Um, definitely leaving Watford. Uh, I don't have any doubt about that if Watford don't come back up into the Premier League he, he's definitely gone but if they do come back up he he might um he might stay at Watford and and go again in the Premier League uh, moving on to Everton um Everton was a difficult one I've gone for Patrick Van Aanholt of Crystal Palace um we've seen that Everton have struggled with injury um specifically Luca Digne um has has been injured and that's resulted in Ben Godfrey playing at left back. Um Patrick Van Aanholt is actually out of contract um this this year so obviously that that makes the price come down a lot. He's obviously free to talk now that um now that it is January free to talk with any other Premier League clubs that he wishes. Um but yeah, he's definitely he's somebody that's been in the Premier League for a long time. I remember him at Sunderland um and then now at Crystal Palace. He he's very very good going forward. And I think that um, because Ben Godfrey's been so impressive um, for Everton, I think if you were to buy Van Aanholt, that would push Godfrey into centre-back alongside a, a guy like Jeremina or Michael Keane. And I think that just shores up Everton's defence even more. 
Um, we've seen that Van Han- Van Anholt over the years is definitely definitely Premier League quality. Um, he's scored uh, goals against United. Um, he he always he's a very consistent player, Van Anholt. Um, going forward, there's no questions to be asked at all. It's maybe on the defensive side of things, you're kind of saying, is he good enough? You know, um, if he if he if he was good enough, why haven't kind of some one of the bigger the bigger clubs come in for him? Um, but you know he is getting on a bit now. I think he's um twenty nine, so um he's definitely got a few a few years left in him. Um, for Everton, I think uh anything up to ten million pounds will get that deal done, and I think that just kind of shores up the Everton defense a bit more. You know we've seen in the summer that they've they've bought uh, a brand new midfield in in Alan Decorian and James. So um I think. Just by adding Van Anholt to the to the squad, it, it just improves you that little bit more, and um, will will defensively make you a lot stronger. <clears throat> um, moving on ne- next to to Fulham, and I've gone with with Robbie Brady of Burnley. Um, he's another player that's actually out of contract this year. Um, we've seen that that Brady can can provide a lot of assists and little bits of quality. I look back to free kick he scored against Chelsea. Um. He scored uh, again recently in the Premier League, so so Brady definitely is is a player that that can um, add a bit more to to Fulham, and I think that he's the type of player that that Fulham don't really have. Um, we look at Fulham's Fulham season; they're they're having a lot of difficulties um, deep in a relegation battle here. So I think Brady again out of contract um, wouldn't the fee wouldn't be large. I think anything up to about eight million, maybe even even five. Um, would see would see that deal go through, um, and that that I don't know if he could rescue Fulham season, but he's definitely gonna add a bit more quality. I think um, by adding Brady into the mix, you're you're gonna need a few other of the Fulham players that are already there to step up a lot, um, because I do believe it's gonna take a lot for Fulham to to remain in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I think I think Fulham are gonna need to add to the squad either way if they do want to stay in the Premier League. Either that or or get a, a get more out of the players, and I think Brady just he has that bit of quality about him. You know, he can he can hit a free kick. He can he's very good offset pieces. He st- he takes the corners for the corners and free kicks for Burnley when he plays. Um, so I think uh, to add to add that to to your squad is is something that's only going to improve you, and 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 hopefully all going well take you out of the relegation fight. Um, next we have Leeds. Um, now there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to select a defender for Leeds um, because of the kind of style of play, and I think it was to me it was all about experience and and just and just quality really. So I've gone with Ryan Bertrand of, of Southampton. Um, the reason the reason that I've gone with Bertrand is he's been in the Premier League a long time. You know, um, former Chelsea player, um, Hassan Hutel plays him every game for Southampton you know what I mean so there's obviously a lot of confidence there he is another player that's out of contract in in the summer so you can see the fee wouldn't be as high um another one of the main reasons I've gone with Bertrand is because um he frees Stuart Dallas up now Stuart Dallas has been playing left back for Leeds um a lot of this season um he is actually a right footer um but he's definitely somebody that that Leeds um rely on I've seen him actually play all over the pitch I've seen him play left back um left mid and I've even seen him kind of into the, the the midfield area as well so I think if you were to to sign a left back that would definitely move Dallas into more valuable areas where where Leeds can cause a lot more problems um 
the fee wouldn't be large. I think Bertrand for for a kind of Premier League quality player who's who's out of contract. Um, England England international doesn't actually start for England or or even get in the squad the majority of the time. But I think around ten to fifteen million would would get that deal done, and um, it would definitely uh, sure up Leeds defense a lot better. You know they're they're often left um exposed by by the high press and the high the midfield being so high um if you're to stop the crosses going down one side you know you've got Luke Ayling on the other who's who's proven himself to be um very good going forward as well I think Bertrand just gives you that bit more security that bit more the bit more reassurance that you need in defence and and ultimately he'll he'll make Leeds a lot more secure um secure in defence and and just um stop conceding stop conceding more goals which is which is what's letting them down really um next i've got i've got leicester um i've also gone for a left back for leicester as well due to the fact that um we've got the young the young guy thomas playing a lot of games you've got fuchs playing a lot of games you've got james justin who's actually a right back kind of coming over to left back um but none of these guys can kind of establish themselves as the main left back for Leicester. So for this reason, I've got I've gone for Juan Bernat of PSG, um, another player who's had a contract in the summer. I feel like if Leicester wanna wanna prove themselves as a big team and a big contender for top four every year, then it they they need to be attracting kind of Champions League quality players, and that's why I've gone for Bernat. You know, um, PSG in the final of the Champions League this year. Uh, I think he is available because of the fact that PSG do have cover at left back um they've got Kurzawa and a few other young guys coming through um Carer's another guy who can play anywhere in the defensive line whether that be right back left back or center back um so for Leicester to sign a Champions League quality player it really does send out a statement of of intent and um you know where they want to be in future so I think it's very important for Leicester to attract the right type of players you know their recruitment has has been really really good recently. Um, you look at signings like Ndidi, um, Madison. Um, you've got uh, guys like you know Barnes who's, who's come through. These aren't very expensive signings, but they've actually made a huge huge difference. And I think Bernat is another one. Um, proved himself in Spain as well. Uh, moved over to PSG. He's been very very good. Um, going forward, he's excellent defensively. He's not too bad either. And I think. Um, by adding, by adding somebody like that into your team, it, it only improves you. So, Leicester, um, to to basically sure up the defense a little bit, but add a lot more going forward. If he can, if he can, um, partner up with Barnes, create create a good relationship there, then Leicester will have a lot of joy, a lot more service for Vardy, and ultimately that that scores you a lot more goals. So Juan Bernat, um, Champions League quality player, and that's where Leicester want to be. So so that's who I've gone for. Um, next it's Liverpool. Um, another, another one that was fairly easy for me to decide. It was a center back for Liverpool. No doubt about it. Um, they've recently been playing guys, young guys like Phillips, um, at center back. Um, they've, they've done an okay job, I suppose, but you look at, there's a long, a long season to go now. So, um, I think a little bit more cover due to the injury crisis that we've had, you know, Joe Gomez has been out, Van Dijk obviously out, um, and there's definitely real interest in Liverpool. This uh, for Ozan Kabak. Um, this isn't just one of my opinions. There's actually um, a lot of kind of substance to this story. So um, Liverpool did make contact as well as a lot of other clubs um, with Schalke over a possible swap deal for Kabak in January. Um, 
it's believed that Divock Origi could be exchanged as part of this deal, and this is coming from Sky in Germany. Um, he's also one for the future. You know, at 20 years old, um, he's he's been really good. The kind of shining light for a very poor season for Schalke in the Bundesliga this year. Um, he actually has a release clause of 45 million euros, but it doesn't kick in till next summer. Um, so that would kind of change negotiations a little bit. Um, but I think throwing Divock Origi in the mix there, it definitely... It, it benefits both teams because you've got Schalke who are struggling a lot in the Bundesliga in need of a few goals. Divock Origi, he's somebody that when he comes on for Liverpool does get goals and, and when called upon, you know, provides. Um, with Schalke having a lot of financial problems as well, they may want to cash in quickly and they're simply just make, um, trying to kind of make a decent profit on the 15 million euros they paid for him previously. Um so I think that Schalke are definitely willing to sell. There's no doubt about that. It, it's just the structure of the deal. Um, will it kind of be? Will they? Will Liverpool throw Origi into the mix, or, or do they still value him as part of the club? Um, you know we've seen guys like Jota get out injured. Um, you know an injury to to Salah, Mane, and Firmino, they could be calling on Origi. But but if they let him go, then that um. That, that's another problem for Liverpool to be dealing with. So it will be interesting to see how this materialises. Um, Kabak, has, has, he's also attracted interest from Manchester United, AC Milan, um, a lot of big European teams. So it looks like um, he's going to be a really, really good player in the future. Um, a Turkish international as well. We've seen guys like Soyuncu. Um, he's also from Turkey, do really, really well in the Premier League. So it will be interesting to see how this deal pans out. Um so yeah, Ozan Kabak, that's that's Liverpool's pick for me. <clears throat> um, next is Manchester City. Um, for City, I've gone with Luka Jovic of Real Madrid. Um, we all know the difficulties Jovic has had at Real Madrid since joining for, for that 60 million euro fee from Frankfurt. But um, you look at that season that he had at Frankfurt, you know, he contributed to 27 goals during his breakthrough season there. Um and with with City struggling for goals this season, which which you don't usually associate associate with Man City, um, you know you've got guys like Aguero, right? Jesus not really firing. Um, uh, last night when I was watching Chelsea against Man City, they had De Bruyne playing in the false nine, and and when asked about um his thoughts on on playing the false nine, he said, uh, "I've only played there kind of a few times in my career." So you can you can see that although De Bruyne will do anything he can to help City win, it's not his best position and not where he's most comfortable. Um, so I think with Jovic, you've got a guy there who can score goals. He's not been doing it at the moment, but um, throw him into the City team with, with a lot of creative creative players like De Bruyne, like Bernardo Silva, Mares. I think Jovic can really get back to his best. Um, I think a possible loan with an option to buy means, there's again, there's no risk for City. He's 23 years old. He's he's a proven goal scorer. Maybe not recently, but still very young. Still got a lot of time to get back to his best. Um, you know he's failed to impress Zidane this season, who even prefers um Borja Mayoral as the second place, second choice striker, should I say, over over him. Um, Karim Benzema obviously leading the line for Real Madrid. But um, you look at a Jovic is a, a great, great player. I remember watching him throughout the Europa League. He made the Bundesliga team of the season and the Europa League team of the season at his last season at Frankfurt. So he's obviously a top, top player. And I think to put him in that City team with a lot of creative guys around him, I can see, I can see that being a real, a real success for Man City. But um, 
It's whether they want to go for the risk, whether Real Madrid will let him go, or whether they're whether they're being patient with him. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with Jovic. I think he has come out and said that he's he's a bit unhappy at Real Madrid, might be looking for a move, and and that could benefit City if the if the player himself wants to leave. Then that makes the deal sometimes a little bit easier. So um, Luka Jovic for for Manchester City, that's my pick. Um, they need goals, and, and I think he's the man to provide them. Next up, we've got Manchester United. Now, this is a this is a fairly straightforward one too. I've gone with David Alaba of Bayern Munich. Um, David Alaba out of contract this year uh, at Bayern Munich um, was hugely important in in them winning the Champions League uh, recently, and he's he's come out and and basically said, "I want to go." Um, he hasn't said the words exactly, but he's refused two contracts by Bayern Munich. Um, in the hope that that a new challenge will arrive and present itself, um, Real Madrid are definitely front runners for this deal. But I can see money being an issue for Real Madrid. Um, you look, uh, you look previously of what I've just mentioned, Jovic for sixty million euros. They've they've spent a lot of money, like Barcelona, and and not spent it very well. So if money does become an issue, I believe Manchester United will be at um, near the front of the queue for for David Alaba. Um, He's a player that can play both uh, centre back and left back, and you've seen that. Um, if uh, you've seen that, you look at Harry Maguire, for example, um, Victor Lindelof, not very fast centre backs, and you think um, if if you were to get anybody to complement them well, you would get uh, a fast, maybe left footed centre back, um, because of the the value of left footed centre backs in the modern game. Um, and you know David Alba fits the bill. He's he's got tons of experience. Um, he's not that old. I think he's only about twenty eight. So um, for David Alba to be added into that Manchester United side, I think that that hugely hugely improves them. And you can see the position that United are in at the moment. Um, level on points with Liverpool. Only goal difference separating separating the two teams. Um, I think I think United have a, a fantastic chance of winning winning the Premier League if they were to add David Alba to the list. Um, again, my only concern is that that um, Real Madrid are front runners, and Fabrizio Romano has come out and said that that Real Madrid is the dream for David Alaba. Um, so I think this deal does depend a lot on Real Madrid and um, what they do. But um, obviously, you're going to have to pay a fee. He's not out of contract just yet, and I think around twenty million pounds will will get the deal done. I think that's an absolute bargain, if you ask me. You know, he's not even thirty yet. He's got a lot to offer. Huge Champions League experience. Um, and he, he is looking to leave Bayern Munich. So I think if he were to go to United, that, that would be a huge turning point. Um, make Definitely make the Premier League a lot more interesting um, with him in the United side. Um, sure is up the defence. And I think you'll see a lot better, uh, a, a much improved Harry Maguire beside him if he were to join. Um, next, I've gone for Roman Sice. Um, this is the Newcastle pick. Um, I believe that they kind of, Newcastle needed a, a defender or midfielder and I think Roman size kind of fits the bill he's another player that's out of contract this summer um you know he's 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 been really good recently he got man of the match at um the Wolves versus Manchester United game where United got the winner at the end he was he was defensively fantastic um kept Cavani quiet and and you've seen um you've seen the Wolves manager Nuno Espirito Santo um play him in a number of positions um for Wolves you know they play the five at the back with the the two midfield. I've seen him. I've seen him play wing back. I've seen him play all across the the back three and and even in midfield. So he's a very versatile player. 
And I think he's somebody that Steve Bruce would definitely value really, really highly. Um, when you look at the Newcastle ownership, you know Mike Ashley, he doesn't really like to spend an awful lot of money. But when the quality is there, I do believe um, he'll get his checkbook out, if you know what I mean. Um, it's it's difficult to put a price on sites. He is 30 now, but he, he's got a lot of experience and he seems so, so reliable. I think um, I think even, even Newcastle might be a bit of a stretch for him. I think he's he's definitely capable of getting into a kind of a top eight team. But um I, I did struggle a bit for Newcastle, but Sice, you know, for the price I'd say around fifteen million maybe you'd get him for being thirty. And he and he, he simply just adds a bit more security to, to the Newcastle defence. You know, they've got guys like Callum Wilson who can get goals and win you games. If you can get Callum Wilson firing and then sure up the defence a little bit. Steve Bruce will have no problem staying in the Premier League. Um they're in a really good position now. They they drew with Liverpool recently. They've been they've been picking up points along the way. They they never seem to struggle really too much, Newcastle, when you when you think, um, gosh, they might be in trouble, they'll they'll pull a result out. So I think it's just about consistency, steadying the ship. I don't think Steve Bruce is in is in the Newcastle job for, for a long time. Um, for the long run, should I say, I think he was just kind of a, a temporary stopgap to just try and sure things up and steady the ship. But um, yeah, size for Newcastle, I think that'll be a great signing. And I'm really surprised that, that Wolves haven't um, offered him a new contract. Uh, a lot of these contracted players that are out in the summer will actually have um, uh, uh, kind of a, a year's option to extend. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the players I mentioned will actually stay at their club another season because of their contracts they might have a kind of a year's extension in the in the deal we've seen um jesse lingard at united you know trigger a, a year's extension so in these contracts it's, it's not unheard of to to for the players to stay on for another year but yeah definitely um roman size for newcastle if they can get hold of him then then definitely do because he'll he'll improve that team a lot um next i've gone for sheffield united now Sheffield only have two points so far this season. Um, you can see defensively they're they're not the best. They aren't conceding an awful lot of goals, but at the same time they're not um, they're not scoring enough. And for Sheffield, I've gone for Steve Cook of Bournemouth. Um, he's he's another player out of contract um, this summer. Um, you look at him at Bournemouth, and he he seemed he seemed okay. You know, he seemed to to keep. He was one of the reasons Bournemouth, I believe, stayed in the league as long as they did. You know, he was always. Um, he was always he was always decent defensively and and actually surprisingly good off offset pieces and corners. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's somebody that he wouldn't cost a lot. He's he's getting on a bit now. I think he's thirty two years old. Um, Sheffield will will kind of they they do play with three defenders. So I think the more defenders they have at their at their disposal, the better. Um, and Steve Cook, somebody who knows how to stay in the Premier League for for a long time. Uh, you know, Bournemouth did go down last season, but you know they they were able to keep their place for a very long time. When you consider the size of the club, you know the stadium was really really small. The 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 club didn't have an awful lot of money. Um, and I think it was hugely important that uh, it, it's hugely important to Sheffield that that that, that they, they pick up points, um, fast. And I think. If they can get guys like McGoldrick and McBurney fire and adding Steve Cook to that defence will only make them better. Next up is, is Southampton and I've gone for quite an interesting choice. I've gone for Javi Martinez of, of Bayern Munich. Um, 
Bayern Munich are in an interesting kind of phase at the moment where they have a lot of young players, but at the same time, they've kind of got guys that are, are coming to the end of their careers at Bayern Munich and, and need to be kind of moved on. I believe that um, Javi Martinez is, is one of these guys. Um, with Southampton playing the, the 4-4-2 formation that's brought them a lot of joy, the, the two in midfield are hugely, hugely important. Um, one of those midfielders is James Ward-Prowse, and obviously he, he can't be dropped um, because of his, his fantastic ability off off um dead balls um set pieces corners you know what i mean um and again on the ball ward price is looking very good um, definitely one of the standout players for southampton this season i think to partner him with javi martinez in the midfield just shores up that um the defensive side of things you know that ward price might be not so good at um he's got tons of experience you know he's been at Bayern munich a very long time um won Bundesliga won won the Bundesliga many times, just won the Champions League with them, even though he, he wasn't a starter obviously, but definitely he's a fantastic squad player and if he's good enough for Bayern Munich, he's he's definitely good enough for Southampton. Um out of contract in the summer and I, I don't think he would cost that much because of his age, thirty two. Um I think around fifteen million to twenty, maybe pushing it up to twenty would definitely get hold of Javi Martinez. Um, it's difficult to kind of predict these prices because of the COVID market um, and and the contract situation. You know, it's always you always know you're going to get a player if they're out of contract for a cheaper price. Under normal circumstances, you're kind of questioning, well, how much cheaper? And then in the COVID circumstances, you're kind of questioning, well, it's going to be cheaper, but then again, by how much is it even less? Um, are the clubs looking for a bit more money? Um, but again, you know, uh, I think just for Southampton to, to shore up the midfield a bit. You've got guys like Vestergaard playing really, really well. Um, I think having Martinez just kind of calms things down. A lot more game-winning experience specifically, and I think that's what Southampton need. So having Martinez um, definitely would be a fantastic signing for Southampton. Moving on to Tottenham Hotspur, I've gone for um, Emiliano Buendia of Norwich. Um He's, he, he looked like Norwich's kind of shining light last season um, going forward. They had they had guys like Puki coming into the league. I remember him getting off to a fantastic start and then the goals just, just dried up really. Um, I think by adding Buendia to that kind of creative front line that Spurs have, he can, he can share the goals and the assists with Son and Kane. Um, Spurs are currently playing Ndombele a lot of the time in the number 10 role and Although he's been doing really well, I kind of question how much does he really add to the attack. Um, he scored the odd he scored the odd goal, I suppose, this season. But I think they need a bit more. Um, if Sonner Kane were to get injured, you know where where else are the goals and assists coming from? Um, and this is the reason I've looked to look to Buendia of Norwich. Um, he has fourteen goal contributions in nineteen Championship games this season, which is is really really good. Um, he wouldn't actually cost very much, so he's a he's quite a low risk signing. Um age age twenty four at the moment. Um and I think you get him for around fifteen to twenty million pounds. Um he's not a player that's out of contract. Um but uh again the, you've got the champion the championship kinda valuation there of, of when you buy from the championship it's never gonna be an awful lot of money. So um if Spurs can kinda if they can get that deal over the line um, I've seen that Arsenal are definitely looking at him. Uh, he's an option for Arsenal, but I think he would he would suit Spurs really really well. So if they can add him to the the kind of attacking roster they already have, then then that would definitely definitely improve them. Um, moving on to West Brom, I've gone from Mark Noble of West Ham. 
Um, Noble's been kind of a really loyal West Ham player for for all his career. Um, kind of getting on a bit now, uh, a bit old. Um, when you look at the West Ham midfield, they've got Suchek in there. Um, he's he's all over the place. You've got Rice in there, who seems to be the kind of the guy that's taken over and now the captain there. And, and Noble's Noble's time at West Ham is kind of unfortunately coming to an end. Um, I think he's a player that will definitely improve West Brom you know um, Sam Allardyce will know him from his time at West Ham he'll know how good he is and I think when you look at West West Brom I look back to the Arsenal game at the weekend and it was so easy for Arsenal to to kind of move through the, the 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 midfield of West Brom even though they were playing five in midfield um, I think on the ball West Brom need to improve a lot you know that any joy that does come they're they're getting out out possessioned a lot of the time in the games you know they're not keeping the ball well enough and, and mark noble somebody that okay he might not have the legs but he definitely keeps the ball well has the kind of winning experience the leadership that that west brom might need to kind of escape the escape the relegation zone so with the relationship he already has with sam allardyce plus the experience and leadership he brings i think this deal makes a lot of sense um he's obviously out of contract in the summer so even with his age, I think around five to ten million would get the deal done, and I think this this um, this transfer would go a long way to actually keeping West Brom up. Um, it's definitely the, the the deal I would go for. So so keep an eye out for what for what Mark Noble does um, with the rest of his career. Um, second from last now we have West Ham United, and I've gone for Shar of um, Newcastle. Um, Shar has been has been really really good for Newcastle. Uh, he actually gets forward quite a lot, you know. Shar, um, with uh, with with Bob Wayne actually leaving West Ham, um, which he looks like he's leaving anyway out of contract. The the Paraguay international Ogbonna is going to need a new a new centre back partner, and I think there's nobody really better for the price than than Fabian Shar. Um, Swiss international. I know. Um, I watch all the Republic of Ireland games and we've, we've been in Switzerland's group for, for, um, uh, for a few of the tournaments and, and Shars looked like, like somebody that's been really, really good. Um, he wouldn't cost a lot, you know, he's 29 years old. I think around 10 million pounds we would get the deal done and he would just provide that bit more defensive stability, um, to West Ham. And, uh, I think that's definitely a deal that they should be looking at. Um, last but not least, we've got Wolves. Um, this is a definitely a really really interesting shout. Um, I've gone for Diego Costa, who's who's recently a, a free agent after being um after his contract um being terminated by Atletico Madrid. Um, what's interesting about this deal is that um Fabrizio Romano, who who's very good on transfers, said he'd love to come back to the Premier League. Um, he's had a number of offers from Brazil and Turkey, but he's actually waiting for a few Premier League offers so that he can assess his options. Um. With Wolves, you know he's he's the kind of physical presence they they'd need up front. With with Jimenez out due to his fractured skull, he um he 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 had against Arsenal. Um, they've got kind of a young. I've seen them go for kind of two different routes. Wolves, where they've gone for two up front with Adama Traore and and somebody like Neto. So that would kind of provide a lot of speed, but but not that much um physicality and, and experience. I suppose you could say physicality in terms of Traore, but he's predominantly there for getting in behind the the defenses. Um, they also have the option of the the young seventeen year old Fabio Silva, or he's eighteen now actually. But um, again, he's he's just come to the league from Portugal, very young, big fee, and I think he needs time to settle in. And I think to learn from a player like Diego Costa, who's done it in the Premier League, um, won titles at Chelsea, um, 
is going to hugely, hugely benefit Wolves. Um, again, he's a free agent, so that's that's very good for Wolves. Um, has the Premier League experience, knows how to kind of rough up his opponents, and and for me personally, Diego Costa is a player that I love watching just because of the the duels he has on the pitch. You know, um, I look back and he he he's he's roughed up a lot of centre backs in his time, and I just love the way he plays. Um, he is getting on a bit now, but he's definitely got a huge amount to offer. I think um, he was still scoring um, goals for Atletico, um, and he said kind of Suarez came in at one of the worst times, jokingly because he was scoring. But obviously, when you have Luis Suarez in your team, you can't really leave him out. So Diego Costa, I think, is a is a fantastic signing that Wolves should, and I think it's it's very possible that they could make this signing um, on a free. Obviously, the wages will be quite big due to the the profile of the player but you know he's going to get goals and he'll definitely um he'll definitely you know especially hold up play um he's going to be really really good i think he'll open up a lot more opportunities for guys like Neto, Podence and Antriori so for 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 Wolves i think this is a very straightforward signing you know simply go get go get Costa no fee you might have to pay a bit more on the wages but when you look at Jimenez not being around for um He's he's not been around for a long time now, um, due to the head injury he had. Um, it's it's a simple deal, and I think Wolves Wolves should do that. Um, so that's it for all twenty teams. Um, I've kind of I've gone I kind of gone through why. Um, I believe these these transfers will hugely benefit them. Um, what situations the 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 teams are in, and and why maybe this certain profile of player could could take them to the next level. Um. If you did enjoy the video, I suppose remember to hit the follow button. Um, I should have a uh, a Premier League kind of roundup uh, of the the game week. I have mentioned a few of the games there as to why maybe players should join based on recent 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 results. But um, overall, um, I think um, that these these signings would would benefit the teams, um, and I, I'd love to I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, so that's all. That's all for me. Uh, again, yeah, I'll have the 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 weekly roundup of games um, coming in the next few days. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, this is the first the first special kind of episode I've done. Um, yeah, the the January transfer window is obviously a really difficult one to do, do to do business in. So we'll have to wait and see if any of these deals do go through. That would be fantastic. Um, so so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, that's that's all for me today. Um, keep an eye out on the podcast for for any future episodes and and feel free to share with with anybody who might be interested so um that's all from me um goodbye